Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy post-Father's Day Monday, June 19, 2023, and welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Coon on Twitter at G underscore Coon 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the uh, Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning at Dunning 929 Connor, you have a good weekend? Great weekend. Yeah, and you had you gave away a good gift Fantastic for Father's gift. Day. Yes. And well, I want to bring it up in small talk, yeah. courtesy of our... Good friends over at Oxbow. Shout out Oxbow. One of their various, just their sports memorabilia selection is beautiful. And this was, uh, it's like a crossover, right? This was, this was TV show slash sports memorabilia, if you will. It's a signed soccer ball. I'm going to put it up there like that. But we'll talk about that in small talk because that's, that's always fun. That's always fun. I hope you treated uh, your pops right. Everybody out there for Father's Day. Very enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. I had a very relaxed weekend. Weather wasn't all that nice, but still. I mean, you know me, man. It was it was perfect for me. I love I, me some rainy days. You know, staying inside. Know what I started is the Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, we did too. We watched the first one. Very enjoyable in the fact that every single, it's on Netflix if you don't know, but very enjoyable in the fact that every single episode is, it starts anew. There's no recurring themes, but it's like, it's the modern day my fir- watching the first two episodes, I started to realize it's the modern day Twilight Zone. Is what it is. Yes, that's what it is. Very much so. That's Very what fun. they base I, it off I, of. There's yeah. six seasons. You can yeah. binge it. So when it got when it got nice and rainy outside, that's what I did. That's all I did. Dude, I, I watched a ton of stuff this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you said that you said uh, uh, the wife got out the painting supplies and uh, started yeah. to paint, yeah, do some my, do some art. And pretty, you were- a lot of the art in our house is is done by my wife. She's an amazing, amazing artist, and I love it when she paints. She but- any pieces that we can buy? Uh, yeah, she does. She does like homes. So like, okay. if you take a picture of your house and, and you want her to paint it, she'll paint it for you. And it turns out great every single time. She did a mural for us for our, uh, not a mural, but like a painting for our wedding. That was, that's fantastic. It's a little silhouette of both of us. I think it's beautiful, but yeah, she was doing her, her artwork this week. What's the style? Does she do like oil paint? Like how does she? It's watercolor. Watercolor. And, and, okay. uh, so she does. And, and acrylic. Okay. Acrylic. acrylic. Okay. Yeah. So she, okay. she, uh, stays in those two. Rock on. Yeah, but we watched it. I watched a ton of stuff while she was painting this weekend. It was great. Now, um, a lot of stuff transpired this weekend, especially in the NBA, as we have the NBA draft coming up here this week. Um, but we have three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM, ESPN, and yours truly. What really led the news in the NBA is Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is now a Phoenix Sun. 
after all that time he spent in Washington just taking max contract after max contract, he finally has a new team and a new landing spot in Phoenix alongside a big three that will consist of him, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. Chris Paul's now out the door, so you have questions about point guard, you have questions about depth, you have questions about defense. Um, But Matt Ishbia, I'll bring it up in a second, their owner, he wants to make some changes, and he has made those changes by God. He's owned the team for five months, and in those five months, he has made some massive, massive decisions. Also on top of that, um, we're going to get into a little college basketball. Chandler Lawson is now in the transfer portal, so now Jaden Hardaway. Jane Hardaway is the lone returner from a season ago on that Memphis Tiger basketball roster. And we could see more with DeAndre Williams, maybe Malcolm Dandridge, but just Jaden Hardaway at the moment because Chandler Lawson uh, graduated and he wants to go elsewhere. Bob Huggins, gone. DUI this weekend, second one in his career. First one was 2004 when he was at Cincinnati, and that ultimately led to him stepping away from that program, taking a year off, and then getting back into coaching. But this one, kind of like I – obviously the tendency is to be mad at Bob Huggins, and I, I completely understand that. And, and you should be mad at Bob Huggins for being a complete moron in this situation. 69 years old, going on 70, and you make a mistake like this. But when you look at the details behind – this DUI in particular, you really get a peek behind the curtain and you start to understand Bob Huggins needs some real help. There's some pain there. There's, there's something going on that needs to be addressed. And I know that we're only, you know, weeks removed from him going on Cincinnati radio, sports radio, and dropping a bunch of homophobic slurs. So, like, I, I know that this is right on the tail end of that. But when I drop these details, you'll start to understand, damn, Bob Huggins is hurting right now, and he needs, he needs some severe adjustment, even, even at the age he's at right now. Like, there's, there's some problems for him that he's got to address. Now, as far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins will join at 5 o'clock from the Jeff Calkins Show on the Daily Memphian, also 6 o'clock, Daily Memphian takeover, as, as we gener- generally have on this show. <laughs> we have a lot of Daily Memphian guests including Jeff every day, but Parth Upadhyay will join at 6 o'clock, talk about Chandler Lawson into the portal, Mikey Williams, his preliminary hearings, pushback, DeAndre. I mean, how many different Tiger storylines do we have? His tweet cursed his own summer, is what I will say. That, that tweet about him so, asking about the, uh, the calmness. I'm, I'm going to have to ask him about this, too. And it, it, I guess this is sort of relatively new to him being on the Memphis beat. Obviously, he's been here for a year and some change. But – uh Apparently, when this news dropped, you had to pull over on the side of the road and Incredible. knock out a story. Incredible. <laughs> so we're going to have to ask him about that as well. Then we'll hop into the Blitz around 630. Memphis baseball, new hire. Uh, Matt Reiser from southeastern Louisiana just got fired uh, from there. And uh, Draymond Green, is he going to be a warrior going forward? Question mark. Eh, he declined his option today, his player option. So he's an unrestricted free agent. And I know there's takers out there in the open market for his services, uh, but 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 how how heavy of interest are they are they going to have? Twenty seven and a half million dollars is a lot of money in his current situation to decline. I had to say that off top, Connor. That's a lot of money for he's not getting that on the open market. I'm he sorry. Should not. Should not. He might, but he shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? For he's not a max guy right now. No, I, I'm, I am fully agreeing with you. I'm just saying there are some very dumb teams out there, <laughs> <laughs> desperate teams. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. Now, uh, something that actually did happen: Brad Beal to the Suns. 
the Suns now um, are going to have Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker as their offensive big three. Now, defense, we'll get to that in a second. But the the deals, the the the, the parameters of this trade, kind of they're just bizarre to me. I mean, they're they're, they're confusing. I guess the Wizards offloaded a contract they thought was bad and Bradley Beal, and they were in a bad position even with Bradley Beal on the team. Now they're just saying, okay, let's tank all the way. There's actually reports out there um, that they want to take on every bad contract they can get their hands on. <laughs> so they're trying to tank, be bad, get high picks, get picks in general. But the parameters of the Suns get Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and the 31st pick of the 2021 NBA draft, Isaiah Todd, who a lot of Wizards fans actually had some high hopes for, even though he's the 31st pick then. And the Wizards get Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, multiple second-round picks, and there will be multiple pick swaps involved with this. Um, I my first, my first immediate reaction, the Suns are paying a number three offensively $251 million worth of contract. Well, I guess $207 million because he's already gone through his first year of that contract. They are spending a lot of money. I mean, I, I, I mean, you're talking about four separate contracts: Kevin Durant's, Devin Booker's, um, Bradley Beal's, and uh, DeAndre Ayton's, all at or near a max or super max. And going into the CBA next year with all the parameters that are being hidden, that are being uh, thrown on you, uh, trying to be anti-super team, pro parity. They're going to be coughing up a lot of money. Matt Ishbia seems to not care, though, ultimately. He's ready to fork up that bill. Whatever that damn check needs to say, he's going to be willing to have that check say that. And I am just, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the amount of money and cap structure and structure of a roster. And it seems like there's a lack of understanding from Matt Ishbia's side, but maybe that could change going into this offseason where you have some more time to operate. You could trade DeAndre Ayton for some pieces. You, you, you could work around the edges, uh, try to get some savings from a cap perspective, but they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to show that they're willing to do that. But Matt Ishbia is on the sun for five months, traded for Kevin Durant, fired Monty Williams, who was the most winning coach over three seasons, three of the last three seasons, hired Frank Vogel, traded away Chris Paul, now has traded for Bradley Beal. He wants to have his fingerprints all over this thing. That, that much is very clear. And honestly, I know it's only been five months, but I'm starting to ask the question, is he way too involved? Because it seems like he's way too involved with the roster building process and everything else going on in Phoenix. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's certainly a risk because right now they only have four players under contract. They have Beal, Durant, Booker, and Aiton. They total $161.5 million. <laughs> Let's say that you add in campaign and Ish Wainwright on on their team, which have non-guaranteed right. deals. That makes them so basically they'll be at 170 million dollars. That puts them at the first apron of the new CBA, and they're almost to the second apron. And if they hit the second apron, which they probably will, if they have if they decide to keep Aiton, they will hit the sec- second apron once they sign all these players, and it would prevent them from using their taxpayer mid-level exception and signing buyout players. So they can't yep. sign buyout guys. So they're they have to trade Aiton at this point. So that's why like people talking about this big four there, it's a big three. There's no way they can keep Aiton. And what are you going to get for DeAndre Aiton? Are you going to get those role players that fill in? Is it going to be more of the same of what we saw in the playoffs? Because I think we can all agree that Beal, Durant, and Booker, tremendous three. That's a great three to have. However, who else is on the team? Who else is on the team? And that the Suns ran into Torrey that Craig. problem. Campaign. They, they ran into that problem in the playoffs. Like, the depth 
matters in the playoffs at some point. When you look at a team like the Denver Nuggets, I'm sorry, I just I just don't know if this new big three is going to take down the Denver Nuggets. It's like, who, who's your big guy? Who's going to defend Jokic? If, if we're talking about this current roster right now, no. if you just put them right in, healthy, if they were healthy, all healthy, put them in against uh, the Nuggets for seven games, Nuggets in five. I'm sorry. They don't play enough defense. They don't have enough depth. Defensively, this is what I just cannot, you know, from a roster construction standpoint, this is why I asked the question, does Matt Ishbia have way too much of a hold on the decision-making process? Your best defender in the starting lineup, your best defender is 34 years old, and that's Kevin Durant, and he's had an Achilles surgery before. That's your best defender in your starting lineup. Think about that for a second. That does not facilitate winning playoff basketball. I don't care how much offense you play. You could score 130 a night. That other team, theoretically, based on what I'm seeing with this roster construction, is going to score 135. <laughs> you don't have enough defense. Now, you can, and you have a defensive head coach who needs defensive players to really get things going, but he doesn't have enough. In the depth piece of this, Ish Wainwright's going to have to be a key contributor if this is the roster they go into next year with. Who's your starting point guard, by the way? Did, did anybody think about that? Chris Paul was your starting point guard. He did a really good job. I, I, I give a lot of credit to Chris Paul for what he was able to accomplish. Obviously, he got hurt when it mattered the most. The groin never holds up for Chris Paul once he gets into playoff basketball. But is campaign going to be your starting point guard? Are you going to move Devin Booker over to it and, and have the ball in his hands consistently? Like, this, this, is, a, this is still, with those three pieces, in my opinion – an incomplete roster that you have to tweak, and you don't have the flexibility to tweak right now unless you find a good package for DeAndre Ayton, and who's willing to give you a massive package of picks and everything else for DeAndre Ayton at this moment, considering what he just did once he got into a playoff situation, got absolutely bullied by Jokic, and got hurt, ultimately, at the end of that series. Like, who is willing to pay a premium for DeAndre Ayton at the moment? I guess the Blazers have been a team that is willing to make some moves. The Mavs. Um, the, the Mavs, I guess, could make well, a move so for Aiton. But, here, like, who's going to pay that tremendous premium from an asset perspective to go get DeAndre Ayton? So the teams that would actually have space and need a big man like Aiton, you have Houston, you have San Antonio, you have OKC, you've got teams like the Mavs. But do they have the guys that you need to fill out that roster? Are you going to get back the value that you need from them? Because the, the trade that's being floated around right now for, for the Mavericks is it, it's the 10th pick, Maxi Kleber and David Davis Burton. Who says no. <laughs> like, congratulations. I don't know if that what does anything that, for that, you, that, sons. I mean, you even, got if, rid of, even if no one says no, that's not then, moving the needle. I mean, and then you can sign Wesley Matt, Matthews and Danny Green. Good job, guys. <laughs> that's going to win a title. It's just like I, I understand why they did the move. I understand why HBO wants to bring a guy like Bradley Beal in. It just feels like, though, that you're kind of in the exact same spot you were last postseason. You just have an extra star and you just more ha- money on well, the books. But instead of DeAndre Ayton, it's Bradley Beal. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I mean, listen, this is going to be a team that competes in the West. They're too good offensively Absolutely. to not compete in the Absolutely. West. Absolutely. But when we're talking about winning a championship, which is why you pay the premium that you're paying right now, I don't think that they're capable of that right this second. You can make moves around the edges, but you need a good point. You need a point guard to set the table for those three scorers. I know they'll have the ball in their hands a fair amount, but you have to have somebody who's distributing the basketball, bringing the ball up every single time. And I don't know if you want to put Devin Booker in that spot. That's not his his 
that that's not how you maximize Devin Booker is by putting him on ball consistently. Brad Beal can do it a little bit, but that's not how you maximize his potential. You need to find a point guard, and you need to find some depth pieces for Frank Vogel to work with defensively so you can get a number one, number two, number three defense. Frank Vogel is a, in my opinion, when it comes to defensive basketball, he is unbelievable. He's one of the best. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. As we see in today's game. But even he, with lack of defensive talent, can't get anything out of this roster. You can't get it. You have to make moves around the edges that help him. You want to have a good defense, you have to facilitate him having a good defense. And that's finding guys in free agency on the open market, trade market, that you can help him work with. But right now, you have those that, that big three in an, in an age, I want to hear your opinion on this, Connor, in an age where I don't know if super teams are the way anymore. We've had five years in a row where we've had different, um, different teams win the NBA Finals. And by no stretch of the imagination coming off this year, are we calling the Nuggets a super team? It's just a team that works really well together and their role players step up when they're, when they're asked to. The Suns don't have that makeup. They have a super team makeup that, that doesn't seem to really facilitate winning an NBA Finals in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, when you look, I mean, you could just kind of look at Kevin Durant in his last few stops. Have those super teams worked? No, because it's the same idea. We have three very, very good players that are all need the ball in their hand, and we have no depth. And what does that get you? Second-round exits. That's kind the of Lakers what The Lakers tried to do the Russ-LeBron well, the, the Russ right. AD thing, right. and that was a complete failure. When it was successful for the Lakers, they had AD, LeBron, and a bunch of tremendous role players that knew what they were KCP, supposed to do. Kuz. Right. Like so, Danny Green. Like, yeah. they had the, Those are the teams that I think are the most successful nowadays in the NBA. And we've talked about this, you know, to relate this back to the Grizz- Grizzlies in a way. You and I have talked about over the last few weeks why the Grizzlies are in a better spot than people are kind of making them out to be because they've already got those three guys. They've got the three quote-unquote super team potential guys there. So now they're just trying to fill in the role guys with the money that they have left, and they have flexibility. The Suns are in trouble here, man, because like it's just we haven't seen Kevin Durant be able to get it done with three superstar players. Now there has been a lot of outside factors that have yeah. mattered to those situations, but at the end of the Very day, the so. depth has every single time been the Achilles heel of those Kevin Durant teams from the last few years. I just, you know, 
it's they're going to be exciting. They're going to be a really good regular season team. In a seven game series, though, that depth's going to it's going to come up at some point. And if one of these guys gets hurt, they're in trouble. If one of these guys gets hurt, they're in trouble. And here's what I will say: a lot of people have been doing this. Bradley Beal, are we forgetting how good Bradley Beal is? They gave up Chris Paul and they got back Bradley Beal and Landry Shamit. Yeah, great. That's awesome. They did. Bradley Beal's also been declining for the last three seasons. We also need to talk about that. He shot the same three-point percentage as Dylan Brooks yep. last season. Yep. Last three years, he's actually shot less. He's had less three-point attempts than Dylan Brooks. And made just well, nobody has more three-point attempts than Dylan Brooks so in the like, last three years. So. Yeah, but the percentages are about the same. <laughs> right, right? That's what I, like, it's, it's just like... You know, and Beal does not play defense anymore. He used to be a 3 and D guy. That used to be his M.O., but that's just not the player he is anymore. Yeah. It's just not. Yep. He's not. He's not that guy anymore. And, I, like, he, he offensively, he's still going to help you. He's a great creator. I don't want to down Bradley Beal too much. But even before this, this trade was made, all of the discussions leading up to Bradley Beal ultimately being moved were, damn, this contract sucks, right? Yes. Even for a guy of his caliber, $251 million, $50 million some odd uh, dollars a year, that's insane. It's insane for a guy who's aging a little bit and has had a, a somewhat of a decline. Uh, there's been times when he's been off the floor. Um, he's had some injury history. So they're going to have to stay healthy and work around the edges this entire offseason. Damn, man, their cap situation is just brutal. They're in trouble. They're going to have to get creative with it, and I think the answer is moving DeAndre Aiden. It feels like you have to. And then it's like, I just, I don't know, like maybe they can try to throw some money at Kuzma, but Kuz just opted out of a $3.1 million deal, so why would he take 12 mil? Why would he take the mid-level? You know what I mean? So I don't expect that to happen. When you look at, you know, when you look at Bradley Beal's last four seasons, the most games he has played is 60. It's the most, 57, 60, 40, and 50. Yeah. After he got that deal. That's that's nuts. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's there's this there's this win now window that the Suns are in, supposedly, and Matt Ishbia is trying to do everything he can to push them over the edge. I just still don't think they're over the edge right now. They have they have to do some other things. Now for Chris Paul. What happens with Chris Paul? I don't I mean, will he play for the Wizards? Like there that's my question at the moment. So the Wizards have made it pretty clear today that they are looking to rebuild for the future. And they, they want to take on really crappy contracts. They want to take on, quote-unquote, bad contracts, you know what I mean, for, for value, basically. So I don't expect Chris Paul to play for the Wizards. They've also said that it would be, you know, they would like Chris Paul to play for their team, but at the same time, I feel like we've heard that from many teams about guys that they eventually buy out. It makes too much sense that to either trade or buy out Chris Paul. I don't understand. There's no reason to keep him there. Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah, if you buy him out, there's going to be a lot of takers, I'd imagine. Yes. Maybe yes. make his way back to the Clippers, maybe make his way back. To, well, Lakers I would say the Lakers. I would say the Lakers, but he's going to want uh, – I think there's a report out there that the Lakers would only pay him the vet minimum. I think he'd want and probably deserves more than the vet minimum. He deserves more than it, but it, it just depends on how much he what wants his, that rank. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I did find it interesting that he had he had a Good Morning America appearance scheduled for today regardless of if he got traded or not. He apparently found out that he was getting traded because his 14-year-old son texted him while he was on the plane, on the way for his Good Morning America appearance. That, That's how me, it works. It, uh, I think it's tricky when you're talking about a guy like Chris Paul. I don't think it is when it's already been reported that he's going to get waived or trade. trade. I, I guess, but that, you would— you he, would, he knew it was coming. I, I, no, but I guess but my, my thing would be, 
a guy that's been in the league that long that deserves a fair amount of respect should probably be told up front, at least by the ownership or uh, by the GM, by the front office, that he's going to get moved this weekend and we're in really deep talks trying to go get Bradley Beal. You're going to be used as a trade piece. Right. He should probably get a little bit more grace than having to learn from his 14-year-old son on a flight to go make an appearance on Good Morning America. I can agree with that. I just I feel like that they probably And there was no guarantee the entire time that Chris Paul was going to get traded. We assumed that that was definitely a possibility, but they were talking about waving him, trading him, seeing what they could do to make money work the entire <laughs> offseason. So like there was no it wasn't the end all be all that he was going to get moved and traded. What do you think he was more upset about? Being traded or being traded to Washington? <laughs> I don't know. That that's a tough gut that's a gut punch. Yeah. That's a gut punch. He's been an OKC before though. So Yeah, but like those teams are actually fun. Yeah, I guess he was okay. That OKC team was okay at best. He had he had him in the playoffs. Better than the Wizards. Yeah, <laughs> and the Wizards are talking about let me get every bad contract you have too. Yeah. We want that's tank. what you want to hear from Chris. The new team. You, Chris, come on, let's yeah. tank. Let's do this. How dumb? I'm gonna be honest though. How dumb are the Wizards? Let's just be completely honest about this. You did this a year too late, you idiots. Well, Why didn't you do it in the draft of Wimby and Scoot? I this guess. is the draft to you. This was the year to you should have done it last year. What are we doing? I guess. Like, what was they, the point of last they, season? They could have done this a while ago. What was right? the point of last season? It was a complete waste of time. If you're going to do this, they've been now. wasting their time in the Bradley Beal yeah, era. The, uh, the entire time has been a waste of time. Yes, with Bradley Beal. So dumb. they just sign him to max after max after max and hope things work out, and they never do. But also, I don't know if they're. Are you in a Are you in a worse situation now? If yes. You're, if you're the Wizards, yes. Theoretically, if you're just going to try to rebuild and completely blow up everything, and that's the you're accepting that because you were just right there on the precipice of being an Eastern Conference play-in team. Like you weren't going, you weren't doing anything, even even paying a premium. Blow it up. They should have blown it up two I, years, I, a year I, ago. I, I get your argument there, but like, how much of a worse situation are they in now than they were just a second ago? They were still paying a premium to stink. I just think they would have had a shot at it. Now they're going to pay less of a premium to stink. My whole point is they would have had a real shot at Wimby or Scoot or Brandon. They, they would have had a shot at these three guys who are very, very good potential players. They are some of the three best prospects we've seen in a, in a while. This is a good draft, and they, this is, they waited too long. They yeah. waited too long. It's the same thing that we see teams do over and over. It's why I give the Grizzlies credit for get, for finishing the era of GNG when they did. They did it when they were supposed to, and it didn't put the Grizzlies in purgatory for a couple of years. This is the Wizards are going to feel this decision of waiting too long with Bradley Beal for years to come. Congratulations, you have K, you have KP. So, um, with the with the Wizards reaching out and trying to find trade partners for what they view as bad contracts so they can have, I guess, some type of contractual value on their uh, on their roster. Should the Grizzlies get involved with any of this? I think, you know, a guy like John Conchar could be in, in that conversation. Brandon Clark off the Achilles injury. I know a lot of people have taken a liking to Brandon Clark. I am of the opinion. I, I get concerned about what he'll be after an Achilles injury um, because he's a leaper and a runner, and Achilles will affect your leaping and your running. So... I mean, those are two contracts that are that are relatively not not aging well, not aging well for the Grizzlies. Could they be up for grabs they in, could a, in be. a Wizards in a Wizards trade? You want me to hit you? Yeah, one? let's hit. Come on, let's All get right. some. Who says no? Come on. All right, here's a little who says no action. Brandon Clark, John Conchar, 2023 round one for Delon Wright and Denny Avija. Who says no? I th- listen. It depends what the Wizards think about. Okay, uh, what kind of contracts are too bad? Like, are these contracts too bad for me to take? Um, I think the Wizards would be the one to say no. 
but my God, that would be great. That it, would be a would great facility. Be very good. I mean, if if Zach Kleiman in that front office can pull that off, you do back love yeah. it completely. Because Denny, I like Denny as a as a um, as a solid wing. Could it could play the four, decent handles, not much of a three point shooter, but a decent offensive player can sort of do it all. And then Delon Wright. If you make that happen this offseason, you don't have any questions about who's playing point guard for the first 25 games next year. Well, and you would still have the asset of Tyus Jones to go help and get your wing yep. guy. You would still have that asset there. It would make a lot of sense because, you know, we I love Brandon Clark. And, that, and when I said, when I said DeLon Wright is the first right. 25 games, I'm assuming like Tyus would be used would in another be moved. trade elsewhere. It gives you some flexibility there with Tyus. It allows you to really start exploring trades there with him. I'm a big fan of Denny. I think that he could be a glue guy for the team. He would play the four. He would kind of take, you know, Brandon Clark's role a bit. He's not bouncy, anything like that, but he does a lot of things very well on the basketball court. Not a very good three-point shooter, but highly efficient scoring the basketball from two. He rebounds well, assists well. He's just going to do exactly what you need him to when he's out there. DeLon Wright, we've had him in Memphis before. We know what he can do. I love BC. I love him to death. I am worried about what he's going to look like post-Achilles, and then I think we kind of know John Conchars. Like, their, their contracts aren't terrible by any means. Like, when you look at them now, value for the Grizzlies, they make sense. But those are contracts I think that would be attractive possibly to the Wizards. That pick might help sweeten the deal a little bit. But I would absolutely be interested in something like that. It's a, if the Wizards are looking for bad contracts, they do have to ask themselves at one point, okay, if I'm taking these two bad contracts, I get one first round. Is that enough for me to give up these guys who are probably, you know, if we're going into a full rebuild, these guys would probably be sort of the top of the pecking order getting a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. Milan and Denny. Those are, the, those are the type of marginal moves that we've been discussing. You know, they're not massive, they're not huge, but when, you're, when you have a season of no Brandon Clark, if a team's willing to take on his deal and you can get a serviceable player, a player back like Denny for him, you got to do it. Yeah, and, and again, like with all these, like there's the perfect thoughts out there right? of McCall Bridges and Cam Johnson and OG, and I guess some people would put DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, as like that pro- potential perfect option to replace Dylan Brooks. I still am of the opinion maybe all those will fail when you land on something a little bit lower, maybe not as good, but marginal and good enough to put you in a uh, sort of championship contention window. That's what you hope. That's all you hope for the Grizzlies. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, we may have some other who says knows who says who says no along the way, because we did have some uh, we had some listeners that put in a couple. They, of, we uh, got a we got a, a few players. They want us to talk about a few. They want us to talk about, and all of them make sense. Like yep. I to the, to the credit of the listeners, nobody sent me like a Bradley Beal trade. They were all guys that would make a ton of sense. Yeah, Bradley Beal off the table. Off the the, no no more Phoenix Sun. No more Beal to Beal. Yes, yes, that has died. Yeah, and I thought it died. We talked about it even it died on Friday. Like two years ago, <laughs> even on Friday, I'm like, "Well, Desmond Bain, he's better." That's that's I, a, that's a better you, that's you, a better situation to be in. If you went to Suns fans, he's young. If you went to Suns fans and you said better three point shooter, Bradley Beal or Desmond Bain, they would take Bain. Okay, all right. Now, um, moving on, we have some college basketball to get to. Chandler Lawson is in the transfer portal, and he leaves behind Jaden Hardaway as the only holdover from last year's roster that will be on this year's roster as long. I mean, and it depends if DeAndre ends up getting his waiver, if Malcolm Dandridge ends up coming back. But we'll talk about what this means. Chandler Lawson no longer going to be a Memphis Tiger. We'll be right back, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
It's a Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We have a second Lawson leaving this offseason. Jonathan Lawson was first. He has plenty of time to play in college. He ends up at Creighton. And now Chandler. Chandler's gone. Chandler Lawson has gotten into the transfer portal today. He will be immediately eligible because he is a graduate from the University of Memphis, so he can find a, a landing spot relatively soon. Um, and so far, from what I'm seeing, Cal, SLU, St. Louis, DePaul, UC Santa Barbara, BYU, Arkansas, South Carolina have reached out. He'll find somewhere to go. One more year of eligibility, and it's immediate. Um, and he plays the four. He really gives you some good minutes on the defensive side. Uh, offensively, you wanted to see more from him. Maybe that's part of the reason he's re- leaving. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but when you look at uh, this roster compared to what it was a year ago, Jaden Hardaway is the only remaining player from a year ago. That could change if Malcolm Dandridge and DeAndre Williams get back into the fold. I understand that. But right now, the only remaining player from a year ago is Jaden Hardaway. And 14 of 15 are gone from a year ago at the moment. Um, 13 scholarship players are allowed in college basketball. At the D1 level, 12 of 13 players are gone. Six to the portal, five expired eligibility, and one to the NBA draft. I, it's, it's just the nature of the beast in college basketball. I, I will get out front, and I'm going to preface what I'm going to say next by getting that out front. You have to make sure that you're doing everything you can for roster retention. Guys can leave at the drop of a hat. The NIL opportunities elsewhere can be nice. Um, if you're dealing with a lot of old players that you had on sort of a rental, you're renting them for a couple of years, if you will, they could go off the NBA draft relatively soon. So it's hard to keep your roster together. Um, but 14 to 15 is something, Connor, I have to say. Like, this is not, this is not overly normal. I mean, <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of schools that have issues with continuity. But this is, 14 to 15 is different. That is, that is a very, very hefty portion. It was not expected. It's all of your roster. Yeah. You're bringing in 14 new guys, theoretically, unless DeAndre and Malcolm <laughs> sort of figure it all out and if, come back. When the season ended, if you had been like 14 of the 15 guys are going to be gone, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> you would have been like, can you repeat that real quick for me? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's not normal. It's I will say this one feels less, uh, you know, it, it's not expected. Like, you didn't expect him to hit the transfer portal. But for some I, reason, this one feels like maybe something's around the corner, at least. I don't think there's ill will. No. Like at all. Yeah. So that that's that's one thing I will say. Like seeing both the Lawsons leave, some people could try to you know, uh decipher that a certain way. I don't think you can decipher it by saying that Penny has burned a bridge with the Lawsons. I don't think that is even in the slightest the case. Um you could ask about, okay, what what, what does he think about his role going into this year? I mean, he started twenty four games last year, played in every single game, got twenty minutes per game. Um offensively he didn't get to show a lot, and maybe that could be a reason that he's a little disinterested and wanting to move on. I think the bigger issue here is they brought in a lot of different front court members that could take minutes away from him. Nick Jordan, a TFAL Leonard could play the four. Jonathan Pierre could play the four. Uh, Ashton Hardaway is a guy who plays the four um, in Chandler's role all the time. Chandler's not a natural five, even though that's what he had to do a majority of last year in his starts. Um, I, I guess, you know, the role and the amount of guys that they've talked to that, can be front court members that can take away minutes. All come to let they come together, they coalesce, and now he's in the transfer portal. But I don't think there's any ill will. No, that's that's, that's the good thing. It's always hard to see a guy from Memphis, though. Still, I always say yeah. every time you see a 
a Memphis born and raised guy get into the portal and go elsewhere away from the University of Memphis, it's hard to take. It's harder to take. Absolutely, it is. But I think you kind of nailed it when you were talking about this feels like he wanted a bigger role somewhere else. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's ultimately at the end of the day, we can talk about NIL and things like that. But these guys are trying to make it to the league. And he probably just felt that his role at Memphis wasn't going to be the opportunity that he needed to show his talents is what I, I think probably happened here. Because I think, like you said, a lot of the guys that they are bringing in would play the positions and take maybe take away minutes or shots from him. Yeah, I mean, if you just read the tea leaves, there's a lot of guys out there. This doesn't feel like a... Like, there's a lot of guys out there that could take minutes from him. Right. That's, that's got to be a frustrating feeling. Like right. I completely understand that. Um, and I, I forget the guy from Louisiana's name at the current moment, but there's a guy that was really good at Louisiana last year that Memphis has reached out to. He plays the four or the five. He's a big. He's a front court member. So you just start reading. David Jones is a guy, you know, who could be a four. Like there's a lot of guys that could have stepped in the way and taken away from those 20 minutes per game, 24 starts that Chandler Lawson had last year. Well, and then if you bring back, you know, DeAndre and Malcolm, Bang bang! Yep. There's two more. <laughs> yes, like right there. So I I totally understand it from his from his point of view. It's it's uh you know it was unexpected and you wish that he was but, on the court for your team. But I think I I understand why he did it. I've got to say like maybe if you saw Chandler play and and you just sort of watched and box score watched and did the production thing and looked at the production he had, you'd say okay how useful of a player was he? And I I I get that offensively he didn't provide a whole lot. But damn, if you look the last two years when he was able to get in and, and get that defensive role sort of carved out, he was one of the best communicators and best defensive players I thought they had on that roster the last couple of years. Just yeah. considering what he was able to do from a leadership perspective on that end. I don't think he's the most talented basketball player that we've ever seen at the University of Memphis, but he definitely played a a substantial role and a helpful role the last two years with these two tournament teams. And you can't you can't really deny that. No, not at all. Yeah. Now, elsewhere in college basketball, West Virginia is looking for a new head coach. And that's because Bob Huggins had another DUI. His last DUI he had, he has two in his career coaching. Last one he had was 2004 when he was at Cincinnati. And obviously there was a bunch of other things that led to his demise at Cincinnati. But that was a, a contributing factor. And he was gone in 2005, took a year off, got back into coaching, and then West Virginia, he's been there really ever since. Um, But this is just a few weeks after, a few weeks removed from homophobic slurs on live radio in Cincinnati. This offseason for Bob Huggins has been a disaster, and now he's probably done coaching. He's 69 going on 70. Um, Considering his missteps, his misgivings this offseason, it's going to be hard for any any reasonable uh, athletic department to bring him in on a full-time basis to coach their basketball team. We know how talented. I mean, he's one of the leaders in all time and wins in college basketball. But considering all that has transpired, it's from a PR perspective, bringing him back in um, is going to be tough. And I think considering the circumstances around the way he was pulled over for DUI, I'm going to get to him in a second, I think he needs to worry about himself. I think, I think basketball, coaching basketball, really shouldn't be on the forefront right now. So – he blew a .251 in Pittsburgh over the weekend. A .251. Legal limit is .08. .251. That is insane. To, and, to, and to operate a motor vehicle? First of all, I think the people around him should have stopped that from happening. But the fact that he couldn't stop himself from doing it, it's just, 
insane. Um, and then along with that .251, he reportedly had Miller Lights rolling out of the car, like cans, empty cans of Miller Light rolling out of the car upon his arrest and uh, the, the, the police pulling him over. And when he was asked questions about where he was at and, you know, try, they're trying to get a gauge for his mental state. Again, he was in Pittsburgh. They asked him where he was, and he said Columbus, Ohio. That's 200 miles away. It's a three-hour drive from Pittsburgh to Columbus, Ohio. He didn't even know where he was. There's no grace anymore. Like, you can't really give Bob Huggins any more grace after these past few weeks. You can't. Um, And it makes it worse when you look at his contract. He has a driver built in. He can call a driver whenever he wants. He He doesn't have to drive. It doesn't he even have someone, to be in your contract. You have a he, new he, Uber, he, Lyft. He, uh, no, no, no question. But he has it built into his contract where right. he could have someone come pick him up. 69 going on 70. Um, the, the one drastic issue I find with just leadership sometimes in college football, college basketball, when you see a guy at that age who's done as much winning as him, like, you bring in new players, freshmen, guys from high school. He did really good in the transfer portal this offseason. And they're young guys. They're impressionable guys. They're student athletes for you. I'm not saying anything new. But older coaches like that are supposed to provide guidance to young players. Like they, they tell you, don't drink and drive. Don't uh, say anything stupid in front of the media. Be smart in front of the media. Don't say or do anything stupid. Keep yourself on the straight and narrow when you're away from the facility. And he can't preach it if he can't practice it. And clearly, he's had these issues his entire career. Um, now, I know he has a lot of former players that are speaking to his character. Jordan McCabe came out, a uh, popular guy, Marquise Noel, who was just, you know, he's not a former player of his, but he says he, on the recruiting trail, always thought he was very nice. And um, There's other players that, that have really come to Bob Huggins' defense. And Deshaun Butler... The, the video of when he tore his ACL against Duke and Bob Huggins was there to console him, that's been coming out there. Like People are trying to, uh, trying to come to his defense and say this is not who he is. Well, at some point it becomes part of who you are. It may not be the full story, but you can only show your behind so many times before the nice actions and the people coming to, to defend you look meaningless if that makes sense. Like, it starts to become, with the actions that he's had in the past month or two, all of the past of what good he's done in basketball, it becomes a little, it has a lot less meaning. So with respect to those players and who they think he is, he's shown us something very different publicly lately and really throughout his entire career. And personally, I don't feel bad for... Bob Huggins or people that get behind the wheel of a car in that type of shape because the amount of harm he could have done and could have caused for not just himself but others is deplorable, like truly deplorable. And it, it, it really bothers the hell out of me. Just use your driver or call a damn Uber. But he didn't have the wherewithal to do that, and ultimately he's done at West Virginia. Now, I, one of my things that I've never understood is why do they have to say resigned? Why do they have to say he resigned? You, he clearly got fired. You, they knew he was on thin ice. He should have known he was on thin ice and still decided to get behind the wheel of a car with .251 blood alcohol uh, level. 
He still decided to do that. I don't know. What's the difference between saying he's resigned or he's fired? I don't think it's – there's no grace. There's a mirage so. of he got respect. I don't know. They're it's trying stupid. to do a PR thing. Yeah, it's like, it's so no, dumb. he's done. We knew he was done. He was already on thin ice from what he did a few weeks ago, and he got a DUI, a ridiculous DUI at that. I mean, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago when his interview came to light, how sometimes guys tell you when it's done. And it seems like he was certainly doing that in a, you know – it's a miracle he didn't kill somebody. It is. It and is. It's scary that he has marks on his car that show that there was a collision of sorts, and he doesn't remember where that came from, and he doesn't know how that his happens. His tire was shredded. That's not good. Not good. There's just no. I'm in 2023. There is zero excuse to be get the, behind the wheel of a car when you've been drinking. Zero. I have zero. The anger I, no I hold for him for, for doing None. that is ridiculous. No. The, the other part of this though is like. Having a damn trash bag, a trash bag. For it, means your it, empties? it means it was a decision. He well, made no the decision. Que- like I'm not, no question. He probably had been driving a lot before that, really right. drunk. Before he got to two point five. Wasn't there something about Burger 2, King? 5, like he was trying to go to Burger King or I have, something? I, I, I don't know. And he ended up three hours away. I, I really am angry at him for the fact that he did this. But the other part of this is he needs some damn help, Connor. Yeah. This like. That's junky behavior. No question about it. That's addictive behavior that he is displaying right there. Having a trash bag ready for you to throw your empty beer cans away while you're behind the wheel of a car is not a normal human being making a decision. That is someone who has probably got a pretty substantial alcohol problem. The only time I have ever seen a trash bag around beer is when people are planning to take them down. You know what I mean? Like on a boat, on the lake, at a party, things like that. There's just no if reason. If you're not behind no the reason. if you're not operating a motor vehicle, um you can have a trash bag and throw Absolutely. away your empties. You're behind the wheel with a trash bag right there and empties that you're just ready to throw away and probably some cases in the back. That is just scary, scary behavior. Like, he needs to find some help. I know he's near 70. It's hard. I know people will say, you know, dude, the, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. And maybe he's had this issue going on for a while, but that is something he's going to have to address, whether he's coaching basketball or not. And right now it's not. He will not be coaching basketball. So Bob Huggins just made a detrimental decision to really – not just his career, but I think the legacy of, of his career and how it ends – it's ended at a couple places this way, Cincinnati and now West Virginia. It's nasty, nasty stuff. Now, we need to go ahead and get to a break. We'll talk about this with Jeff Calkins. We'll also get into Chandler Lawson, the Grizzlies' plans going up uh, this week in the NBA draft in the offseason, but he will join next. That's Jeff Calkins right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.